Welcome to the Vial Dawn Podcast for Tuesday, June 2nd. S&P futures are rallying. They are up 13 to 14 points. That's about 44 basis points. That takes them to 30.67 this morning. They did see some brief weakness overnight. Um, the low overnight was about 30.35, so they're about 30 points off of the overnight low. European stocks are very strong. Uh, the major indices in Europe are up about a percent and a half to 2%. A very, very strong cyclical bias in Europe. So autos, industrials, banks, energy, all doing very well. Real estate also is doing extremely well. Real estate typically is a kind of more of a safer haven group. But lately, during the coronavirus, it has traded more with cyclicals. And you saw that in the US on Monday as well. So real estate, um, very strong in Europe too. And Asia was higher across the board, although the gains, um, not necessarily as robust as you're seeing in Europe. So the media overnight is dominated by what's occurring in the U.S. in terms of protests. Um, this has been a very little concern to markets. If anything, like I said yesterday, I think markets view it as a net political positive for Trump. Um, but for the most part, it's just not a. It's not factoring much into. I think um, you know the current equity narrative. The main themes are the ones that they've been for weeks, for months at this point: reopening optimism, positive linearity, and then stimulus. Those three themes continue to power equities higher, continue to expand multiples. Um, you know, stimulus liquidity in particular is an enormous tailwind for this market. Um, you know, I think probably the mo the single most telling headline overnight was the Amazon bond sale yesterday, where Amazon set a new record for corporate borrowing costs um, in terms of how low they were. So just to, just to kind of illustrate the the enormous amounts of liquidity that are flushing through the market um, because of central banks. And you have another one coming up on Thursday. So the ECB on Thursday, June 4th, widely expected to expand its PEPP, which is its COVID-specific bond buying program, by another half billion euros at least, and then also could expand its purview. So including um, it, could it could make, you know, quote unquote, fallen angels eligible for purchase. Um, it could make a few other tweaks as well. So you continue to have this avalanche of stimulus. You continue to see reopening announcements. Um, again, I'm I'm confused as to why the market um, it celebrates each discrete reopening announcement when it should know at this point that the whole world is reopening. And the better question is, again, the normalization of the economic activity. On the normalization front, you did see some encouraging updates overnight. So Visa, again, has been publishing Visa and MasterCard and all the banks have been publishing kind of a week to week, month to month um updates on on consumer spending linearity you saw pretty much every bank last week made comments and then visa overnight made its own comments all echoing the same similar trends you have seen consumer spending um hit a trough as far as year-on-year -year declines in early april and you've seen those year-on-year -year declines lessen since then um so the visa update overnight again was very similar to what you heard out of banks debit spending which tends to be focused on more essential goods, um, is seeing a very healthy rebound. Debit spending is now up year in year. Credit, which tends to be for more discretionary purchases, is still tracking down. And cross-border activity, which is very travel dependent, is still very weak as well. Um, you know, again, I think the consumer spending is certainly very positive. There is, though, this big fiscal cliff in the U.S. So the CARES Act payments to consumers, again, were an enormous tailwind for most for millions of Americans in the country as far as um, you know, for a lot of families, it actually resulted in an increase in income despite surging unemployment. And then you also had those one-time checks, which increased, um, you know, bank account balances too. So that's obviously been an enormous tailwind for consumer spending. The question is now what happens to those payments? Because the one-time checks 
are being in the process of being spent. And then you have those increased federal unemployment benefits will expire at the end of July. So we know Congress is working on a fifth bill. Um, it's likely to include some type of, uh, you know, an extension on payments. It's just unclear in what form they will be. Republicans seem pretty adamant that they will not extend those increased federal unemployment benefits. Um, there has been some talk about another round of one-time checks, unclear as far as the amount, et cetera. So there is that fiscal cliff. Um, and if a lot of those payments do expire, then you are probably going to see the, you know, the consumer numbers, which have been bolstered by the CARES Act, um, weaken starting in August, September, even as the reopening process continues. Um, so that is kind of the major rundown for this morning. In, so the, actually, one other topic that's very important on real estate front. So SL Green, which is the largest Manhattan landlord, put out an update overnight talking, uh, making positive comments on rent trends, collections, etc. And then also, I think very tellingly, they're resuming their stock buyback. Um, so, you know, to have the largest office landlord in Manhattan start to resume its buyback, certainly a positive indication. You had positive updates from real estate companies in Europe too. So real estate, like I said, is, is trading um, very, very well in Europe this morning. And I imagine that will translate to the US too. There is a big um, REIT conference that kicks off. So you had a lot of other smaller REITs out overnight that pub published updates on rent collections, et cetera, too. But as far as for macro purposes, I think SL Green is the most important. Um, on US-China, nothing incremental overnight. You know, We did have reports Monday morning that China was kind of dialing back slightly at the margin, some of its phase one purchases uh, to kind of send a message to Washington. There were subsequent reports yesterday afternoon that China, in fact, made soybean purchases yesterday. You know, I do think that you are probably going to see China, like, it's, you know, pull back slightly at the margin. I don't think it's going to be a wholesale cutoff of purchases, but more just to send a message. I think the market, though, continues to view the current phase of friction between Beijing and Washington as being in the realm of geopolitics for the most part, and it's not impacting the economic relationship, which is on a parallel separate track. That is the logic in the market. Um, clearly, if the geopolitical fr frictions escalate further, it will impact the economic relationship. But you know, the market, like I said, stimulus, reopening, and positive linearity, um, those three themes are, are you know, dominating everything and causing, you know, the market has blinders on to a lot of risks that are occurring um, elsewhere. Uh, for the broader market, again, my views are still the same. Um, you know, I'm clearly underestimating the amount of multiple expansion that's occurring in the market. You know, you're up to 19 times. You are hearing more people now talk about, well, why can't the 2021 EPS summer get higher? So remember 2019, before COVID, the S&P earned about $163. That had been the print forecast for 2021. It still is a print forecast, but you are hearing more people now whisper about a 170 plus summer for next year. The logic being that the S&P had been on track to earn about 175 this year before COVID. Um, and so the thinking being, well, if we're going to get to a normalized earnings number, it really should be in the low to mid 170s, not in the 2019 baseline. Again, I think 163 for 2021, it's very generous given everything we know. Um, again, the reopening does not equal economic normalization by any means. And you have this enormous fiscal prop in the form of the CARES Act that is going to run off you know, to some extent. And you're going to, I think you're going to see um, you know, more of a reflection of the actual economic environment show through in the numbers once those care dollars um, start to run off. So, you know, I continue to think we're very overbought. I continue to think um, 
that the market is ignoring a lot of brewing risk. You know, remember earlier in the year, the market kind of hit its highs on the day exactly that China's coronavirus crisis peaked too. So the market, um, you know, certainly has a history of um, keeping blinders on until the last minute as far as kind of risks that are brewing on the horizon. For today's session, there is not a ton on the calendar. The German government is expected to unveil possibly as soon as today um, a a fiscal stimulus plan for the German economy specifically. So, you know, this is separate from the EU-wide fiscal plan that was unveiled last week. So this German-specific one, um, media reports suggest it could be worth anywhere from 70 to 100 billion euros. Um, so you could see headlines that cross the tape later today on that as it's formally unveiled. There will be an auto component to it. So auto stocks are very strong in Europe today as well, um, partly in anticipation of this announcement coming out of Germany. U.S. auto sales will be reported throughout today. Um, you have a couple of earnings reports. Zoom Media after the close, ZM is probably the you know the biggest one, um, and then mRNA Moderna will be holding its Science Day this morning. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.